The contract has been signed, and if you'd like to sign it, Mr. Undertaker, you may have the match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sorry about your damn luck. I deserve one more match. It's gonna be the end of the world as you know it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Wrestle Rant Radio right here on EC Radio. I'm your host with the most, a Bleacher Report featured columnist Graham GSM Matthews. And what a world, what a week in wrestling it was. We had WWE Elimination Chamber this past Sunday night. We had one of the best editions of Raw, in my opinion, in quite some time with the returns of Hulk Hogan brother and Undertaker last night, as well as Brock Lesnar. WrestleMania 30, only 40 days away. And also, who can of course forget, the launch of the WWE Network. Yesterday, we're going to be talking about all that and much more right here in WrestleRant Radio. But of course, before we go on with anything else wrestling related, help me in- introduce my uh, my co-host for tonight, fellow uh, Save Us GSM buddy. We had him on a couple of months ago, the first time that he's been on here on WrestleRant Radio. He has a show of his own, CNC Reviews. So uh, please introduce Caleb at this time. How's it going tonight, Caleb? Uh, hey, Graham. Uh, it's great to be here. How are you doing tonight? Doing excellent, and uh, as I said before, lots of cover here tonight on WrestleRant Radio, but of course, continue the conversation and all things wrestling by following me on Twitter, at WrestleRant, and you can also like my official Facebook page, at Graham GSM Matthews. I uh, just want to get those plugs out of the way real quick, and of course, other exclusive content pertaining to WrestleRant Radio on my YouTube page, Graham GSM Matthews, as well as on my website, nextyearwrestling.weebly.com, where you can check out the complete archive of WrestleRant Radio, every episode dating back to October, and other exclusive excerpts of this show. So make sure to check that out. But um, before we go any further, before we go further with Elimination Chamber from this past Sunday, Monday Night Raw from last night, WrestleMania 30 predictions, and all that good stuff, I want to talk briefly about the WWE Network. Now, that launched yesterday. Um, It's a revolutionary concept. We talk about it time and time in the past here on this show. I was very much looking forward to it. 
I officially will be getting it for myself on Thursday. Um, I will be purchasing it, not doing the one-week trial. And some people have been asking me why I don't do, do the one-week trial. The reason is because I don't get the credit card number I need for the account until Thursday, and that's what you need for the one-week tri- trial, regardless of whether you do the trial or you purchase it just full-on for the six months, whatever. So I have to wait until Thursday to get it. However, someone did lend me their account to use for these next few days, which I really do appreciate. So shout out to that guy. I really do appreciate that. But um, having said that, it's an absolutely amazing thing. Um, I checked it out last night after Monday Night Raw. I checked it out for a few hours since I didn't have classes today. That was pretty cool. But um, just an absolutely amazing concept. You can go back and watch every WWE pay-per-view that you want. You type something into the search bar, as JBL did last night on Raw. You type, you type in uh, CM Punk, you get all of his matches. You get anything you want, basically, at the click of a button. And um, all your favorite superstars are on there. They have their own exclusive shows, which they will be adding over time. Um, they will be adding documentaries as well, apparently. They have episodes of Raw and SmackDown in their entirety, on a um, on uh, on the network as well, they have the complete archive, so it's really really cool. You could check it out, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I'm looking forward to purchasing it on Thursday for myself. But having said that, Caleb, did you purchase or check out the WWE Network at all? I did. Uh, I was not expecting to get it this weekend, and then yesterday, I just I you know I just decided, hey, I'm seeing everyone tweeting about it. This sounds awesome. So I, uh, you know, purchased it and whatnot, and uh, I looked at a couple stuff. Uh, I set it up to make sure it's streaming right. I know a lot of people are having issues. I personally have had, like, I think I've had maybe one or two glitches I can do with pausing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some like, I paused for, like, 30 minutes because uh, I had to go do something, and then uh, it just completely froze. It would not, like, unpause. That's the closest to a glitch I've had. Uh, but, like, last night after Raw, I took out WrestleMania 1, uh, and it was just, it was great. I really enjoyed the WWE Network. I understand a lot of people are having a lot more issues than I'm having, and I can understand why people are having complaints. But I mean, it's a, it's Netflix for wrestling. It, it's just amazing. As mm-hmm. someone who you know uses Netflix and HBO Go and stuff like that, you know, having to do with my show and uh, just personally, it's fantastic because as a wrestling fan, this is all you could ever want. I, I actually tweeted whenever I first uh, logged in. I said, "This is wrestling heaven," because that's exactly what it is. You just you have all these archives and these like hours and hours of just matches and content. This at your fingertips. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely! It's not per- perfect, of course. They had their. Uh respective issues with the network. Um, I personally, I didn't sign up, of course. Like I said, I just used someone's account, so I didn't have to go through the whole login chaos. But you got to understand something, people. This is launch day, and everyone is signing up at once. 9 a.m. Eastern, everyone was signing up. It was chaos. Of course there's going to be issues. Of course it's going to take a while for your credit card to go through or to get to the website because the whole server apparently was overwhelmed, so I'm not surprised. But... I'm not surprised that there were any issues with it. But, you know, having said that, though, it was definitely worth it. Um, A lot of cool content, as you just said. All your favorite pay-per-views. I was actually contemplating earlier today watching every WrestleMania going to WrestleMania 30. But with WrestleMania 30 just being 40 days away and every pay-per-view being close to three to four hours long, I don't know how realistic that is. But um, I'm going to try to check out as many WrestleManias as I can, specifically WrestleMania 17 and the IWC. I tweeted this last night. The IWC will eat me alive because I haven't seen that event yet in its entirety. But I will promise to do that soon. That is the first event I am looking to watch on the WWE Network when I have the time, probably this weekend. But even still, though, when I was watching it last night, there were a few lagging issues. I heard some people complaining about that. That's understandable. Um, it's the first day. they got to work out the bugs and the kinks and whatever. 
But um, even still, I know I know a lot of people are upset that it's not available to outside countries at this point in time. It's only exclusive to the United States at this point in time and maybe Canada because I know someone said that they tried it up in Canada just for the heck of it, and they found out that it actually works. So I don't know what part of Canada they're located in, so the people up north could actually benefit from the WWE Network. They could uh, they could be in luck if they could get the network before everyone else in the world does. So uh, I feel for you guys. It's definitely worth the wait. I mean, all of us had to wait several years for this to come to fruition. We've had to wait at the at the latest since of uh, late 2011 because they aired that commercial for it, and nothing ever came of it. And um, it finally launched yesterday. I'm very much looking forward to it. They're going to be adding more content over time. So it's an absolutely amazing thing, and I look forward to checking it out even further. And uh, like you said, Caleb, you said you were going to watch WrestleMania 1. Any other, uh, what other pay-per-views are you looking to watch on the network now that, you have, now that you've had it? Um, the first one's like tonight. Uh, I'm going to watch the Wrestling Classic, which was the second ever you know, WWF pay-per-view, and I, I don't know anything about it. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm planning to watch a bunch of BCW content this week. That's probably going to be one of my main goals to do. And then, uh, you know, uh, probably at some point next week, I'll try to check out some WCW stuff. Of course, WCW and ECW pay-per-views available on the network as well. I heard a lot of people talking about how they were watching ECW pay-per-views, which is actually pretty cool. And um, I've never seen the WWE, I'm sorry, an ECW pay-per-view in its entirety, so I look forward to checking that out, specifically the ones in the latter years, because I heard the ones in the latter years right before it closed in 2001 were actually better than some of the earlier ones, so that's pretty interesting to find out. But, you know, having said that, though, I really look forward to checking out the WWE Network a little bit more. I didn't have much time last night to do it, but once I get it on Thursday, and the benefit of getting it on Thursday for myself is, of course, WWE NXT Arrival, the first ever NXT live event, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. They have Emma versus Paige lined up for the NXT Women's Championship. They've got Bo Dallas versus Adrian Neville in a ladder match for the NXT Championship. Get this, Cesaro versus Sami Zayn, and I believe it's going to be a two out of three count falls match. If it isn't, still going to be amazing anyway. But having said all that, though, NXT is the best kept secret in wrestling today because it was only available in other states, in other countries. So for the other countries complaining that they don't have the network, you had that for a while. You had NXT at your uh, at your disposal. So lucky you guys. But uh, that being said, though, uh, NXT is better than Raw and SmackDown more often than not. They have a lot of great content, a lot of great superstars, a lot of up-and-coming talent in NXT. So if you haven't seen NXT yet, I strongly suggest checking out Arrival Live this Thursday night. It's going head-to-head with Impact. It's a two-live-hour event. It's going to start at 8 o'clock Eastern Time and end at 10 right in the middle of Impact. So there will be one hour from 9 to 10 Eastern Time that TNA Impact and NXT Arrival will be going head-to-head. Someone asked me a few days ago, which one will I be watching first? Which one will I be watching as it's happening, I'll answer that, but Caleb, I want, it, I want you to answer that first. What, you, what will you be watching on Thursday night, NXT Arrival or Impact? Mm, that's actually a pretty difficult choice for me because I've been enjoying the hell out of CNA lately. Uh, but honestly, I, mean, I haven't watched NXT since NXT 200, which is probably an IWC fan. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to watch NXT Arrival. I mean, it's on the network. It'll be probably the first live uh, thing on the network that I'll be streaming. And I just think it sounds... Awesome. You know, like you said, Adrian Neville and Bo Dallas in the ladder match sounds great. I'm not a huge fan of Bo Dallas, but I mean, Adrian Neville in the ladder match, that's, that's take my money now. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, still. And then Cesaro and Zane, I mean, that's probably worth getting the network 
just alone just to watch that match live. It's, I can't wait to see that. I mean, their last couple matches on NXT were fantastic. I'm really, you know, yeah, definitely watching NXT Arrival and DVR Impact. Absolutely. NXT, like I said before, one of the best things going today, and a lot of people don't even know about it. You said that you didn't, you haven't watched since NXT 200. I'm happy you even watched it all because there's a lot of people that either don't know it exists, that, does, that doesn't know it exists, that think it's as crappy as it was a couple years ago. Um, this Sunday, actually, this past Sunday, marked the, I think it was the four-year anniversary of when NXT actually debuted in the debuts of Daniel Bryan. I believe it's been four years. Yeah, I know it's crazy in the closure of ECW and all that stuff, but it's even crazier to think that Daniel Bryan, who we'll, we will get to in just a short bit, has been in WWE for four years now. It's it's amazing. And um, actually, it's very interesting, and it's kind of a segue into what we're going to be talking about next. But um, I think it was either on that night, on the night of the NXT debut, or one of the subsequent weeks, when each of the rookies was cutting a promo and what their goals were, what they hoped to accomplish. And Daniel Bryan said, my ultimate goal in WWE is to headline WrestleMania. And I legitimately, I was not a part of the IWC. I wasn't a fan of Daniel Bryan. I had no idea who he was. So when he said that, I laughed out loud because I didn't think he would ever headline WrestleMania. He looked so generic at the time. It's one thing to make it in the indies. It's a whole other thing to make it in the WWE. And I didn't think, based on his stature and his mic skills and whatever at the time, I personally did not think... He would ever headline WrestleMania, and I could not have been happier to have been wrong. Um, will he be headlining WrestleMania this year? That's all up in the air. We will be getting to that in just a few seconds. But um, with all that being said, though, I'm very much looking forward to WrestleMania, Raw, and all that good stuff coming up. But uh, going back to the topic at hand with NXT and Impact, I will be watching NXT Rival this upcoming Thursday. Impact, well, here's the thing. NXT Rival, you can watch on delay. Because it's on the WWE Network, so once it ends, you can go back and watch it the minute it ends. So you, there's the benefit of that. In Impact, you can't technically do that. Of course, there's some websites that have it that you could do that to, and I've done that in the past, to be uh, to, to be quite honest with you. But um, with NXT Arrival, I would love to watch it live, and I will be watching it live. Um, that's one of those things. It's like they call it a pay-per-view. It's technically you're not paying for it, and you, well, you are because I guess it's a WWE network. But you know what I mean, though. It's free if you have the WWE, uh, the WWE network. So I look forward to watching that live impact. I'm sorry, I'll watch it on Friday. And uh, the only thing they booked for that show or have hyped for that show in advance was Kurt Angle going into the Hall of Fame instead of in October. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. How I think it's. Very funny that they're inducting Angle um, many months before he should be going into the Hall of Fame because I guess they have the fear that he won't be re-signing with TNA by the time October run, uh, rolls around. So um, that's pretty interesting. But you know, with that being the only thing hyped for TNA, and I don't, and I like TNA too. But um, having said that, though, I look forward to watching TNA or having <laughs> look forward to watching NXT Arrival live this upcoming Thursday night on the WWE Network. But without further ado, WWE Elimination Chamber this past Sunday night did not live up to everyone's expectations. Probably ne- met some expectations. For me personally, I didn't think it was going to be that great of a show. They didn't hype it up all that well. Um, I'm, I got some mixed reviews on it. I got some mixed thoughts on it. Um, we won't go down every match on the card, but I thought it was okay, especially for Elimination Chamber. Um, if this is WrestleMania we're talking about, I would have been pissed as heck. But this is Elimination Chamber, people, folks. This is a B pay-per-view. It's never been anything great. It's never been anything spectacular. I love the 2011 installment, but to my memory of the five shows of Elimination Chamber that we've had since 2010, 
None of them have been all that great except for 2011. So I didn't expect last night to be anything phenomenal either. But um, Daniel Bryan came up short of winning the WWE World Heavyweight title against Randy Orton inside the chamber when Kane screwed him over and allowed Orton to retain the title like a lot of us predicted and like I predicted last week on the show. So that came as no surprise. But now, based on what happened on Raw, it's almost pretty much all but confirmed that we will be getting Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. And Daniel Bryan more than likely will not be in the title match. So a lot to dissect here, a lot to analyze. So, Caleb, I want to get your thoughts on Daniel Bryan more than likely not being a part of the WWE World Heavyweight title match at WrestleMania. And if you think he will be a part of it, how do you see them going about that? Well, it's one of those things where uh, if you, you know, uh, on Twitter, I've been saying uh, since this match was announced that Orton should probably win and then somehow have Bryan get involved make it a triple threat match with Brian Orton and deceased at WrestleMania and have Brian get his big win there. You know, he's the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And then, of course, the backup plan, in the back of my mind, was always Brian Triple H because ever since summertime, it's been inevitable that that would eventually happen. Mm-hmm. And Brian versus Triple H, I think it's going to be, you know, I honestly, I think it's just going to happen. I don't think that they're going to put Brian in the title match unless, for some reason, they put Triple H in it. Then it's like a fatal four-way and... I'm not really interested in that, so they should probably just keep... I don't know what they're going to do with the world title match, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later uh, with all that confusion. Uh, but I, mean, <laughs> I just honestly think we're getting Brian versus Triple H, and uh, even though Triple H has tended to uh, do his fair share of bearing in his day, uh, WrestleMania is a place where he hasn't... As much as you know, he's put over on Chris Benoit, Batista, John Cena. So hopefully we see uh, Triple H playing over in this one, which I'm Almost positive he will. I would actually be kind of shocked if uh, Triple H won this. But yeah, I just that's that's just my opinion. I just don't see Brian being involved in the title match. I'd be extremely shocked, actually, if Triple H was to lose at WrestleMania because I don't know. I just think it's not extremely shocked, but I would be shocked because Triple H hasn't put over many people in recent years. You mentioned Benoit, John Cena and um, a few others at WrestleMania over the last 10 years. But it's been a while since he's really put over anyone. I'm trying to think. Can you remember the last time he really put over anyone strongly? I mean, I know there was Sheamus a couple years ago, but does anyone else come to mind in the last, you know, recent five years or so? Um, he didn't really put over Axel. Uh, maybe Les- but Lesnar's all- You can't really put yeah, over no. Lesnar. Lesnar's already over no matter what. Yeah, I mean, like, young yeah, guys. Yeah, I think Sheamus I mean? is the last, most recent person I can think of. Yep. Um... I don't know. Sheamus, I think. That was four years ago. I don't know. The match should be great, and I'm not at all unsatisfied with the fact that we're getting that match at WrestleMania because, one, it could be a very, very good match. Daniel Bryan, they've been building towards this since August, and unlike the CM Punk Triple H match, I know that it has had some lingering issues both in reality and in storyline for a number of years now, but Daniel Bryan versus Triple H has been the most consistent feud on WWE TV since August. And we've always said about how logic and long-term planning is key. It's essential in wrestling. And a lot of people just don't forget. Wrestling fans don't forget. And um, I think it's great. Very true. What was that? I think it's very true. Wrestling fans really don't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you said said we do. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, I think it's great that we're getting that match at WrestleMania. Am I disappointed that we're not getting the... Brian in the championship match at WrestleMania? Yeah, a little bit, but um, a lot of people are saying, and I don't know if I exactly agree with this, that Daniel Bryan, if he was to beat Triple H, not that I don't agree with that, I just don't know if it's plausible, So, because a lot of people are saying that he'll beat Triple H, 
then like you said, be added to the title match later that night. I just honestly don't think that they can go into WrestleMania not knowing who exactly will be in the title match. Because I don't think people are going to want to order Mania and then find out that Daniel Bryan won't be in the championship match because he lost to Triple H. And obviously that wouldn't happen if that was the case, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's WrestleMania. This isn't an episode of Raw or something where they can change the main event in the last second. This is something they're going to be consistently building towards. And if they just focus on Orton versus Batista over the next seven weeks, then involving Daniel Bryan in the title match that same night would be random. So... I don't know. I just don't think that's likely. Honestly, at this point, I've lost all hope of Brian being in the title match at WrestleMania. Would I want his title win to happen at WrestleMania? Absolutely. He's the most over guy in the company. This story has been going on with him since SummerSlam. And Michael Cole, even at the end of Elimination Chamber, was going crazy on commentary, saying how he's been screwed over time and time again, and the perfect place to wrap up this story would be at WrestleMania. And I just honestly don't think it's it's a possibility at this point. I would love to think I would love to think so. And um, I would love to see WWE prove me wrong by adding in Brian in some form or another. But and we have a little over a month, so anything can happen in the next sixty in the next thirty days or so. But um, even still, though, I just don't know if it's a possibility that's at this point. But um, even still, the the key thing is having Daniel Bryan. If he only faces Triple H, and Triple H only at WrestleMania, not Orton or Batista, that he w- must go over Triple H. At WrestleMania, it's it's essential because it would be hypocritical of WWE, Triple H, and whoever else for having John Cena go out there, you know, parading him out there, parading Hulk Hogan out there, and having him talk about um, change in the WWE and then not follow through with it by having Triple H win. But even still, though, we'll get back to that in a little bit with you know the controversy with WrestleMania and Batista and Orton, which will likely um, spark a very uh, interesting debate between Batista and Orton. We get to that in a little bit, but uh, I want to talk briefly about the Intercontinental Championship picture. We had a very good match between Big E and Langston at our Big E and Langston. I'm sorry, Big E and Swagger at Elimination Chamber this past Sunday night. Uh, much better match than I thought it would be, quite honestly. Uh, it kicked off the show. I thought it would be nothing more than a filler match because they confirmed it no more than a week before the show, and a lot of people just did not care about this feud. And Big E has unfortunately not been featured on television as much as I would like him to him to be. Um, so I didn't think anyone would care about this match. But they went out there and just had a hell of a showing in front of the live crowd. The live crowd was chanting, this is awesome, which is something you don't ordinarily see for an intercontinental title match. So I thought that was very cool. And uh, then the next night on Raw, after Big E successfully retained his title at Elimination Chamber... We had Big E versus Cesaro. Big E won via disqualification after Swagger interfered blatantly. I mean, it wasn't even behind the referee's back. It was just very obvious that he interfered and was intending to get Cesaro disqualified. And then they showed tension between Cesaro and Big E, or Cesaro and Swagger after the match. And I said last week on this show that I would not be surprised, and I mean, I predicted Swagger to win at Chamber, and I was obviously wrong about that, but I would not be surprised to see Cesaro versus Swagger for the IC title at WrestleMania with Cesaro as the face, but it looks like we get might get Big E in the title picture as well in a triple threat match. So, Caleb, your thoughts on the IC title match Elimination Chamber and what you see going forward in the future of the IC title picture? Yeah, see, I didn't see the Intercontinental title match at Elimination Chamber, but from what I've heard, it's kind of like a good match. You know, both guys are solid in the ring, so I'm sure it was pretty good. Uh, and the weird thing is, I have no, I'm not really sure the direction they're going with the Intercontinental title picture because 
I can see three matches coming out of this because Cesaro and Swagger are eventually going to feud, and I'm sure by WrestleMania. So I think we'll either get Swagger versus Cesaro. Uh, one of them wins the Intercontinental title, and then they have that match, you know, Swagger Cesaro for the title, or they have Big E defending against both of them in a triple threat match. And honestly, I see it all happening with, uh, if he is for the Intercontinental title, then I think Cesaro is going to be leaving WrestleMania with the Intercontinental title. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I'm not really sure what they're doing here. I mean, I've been, you know, uh, I figured that, that uh, Swagger and Cesaro feud would eventually happen. Since about, I think November, December, you know, I started kind of thinking that it could possibly happen at Mania. Of course, I had other scenarios for it, but well, it's really weird to think that Big E, you know, is going to be involved in it. And if they decide to keep him in there, uh, you know, it would be interesting. But it's just like last year's Peter Connell title picture is uh, they alluded to Miz, Barrett, and Jericho. And then it just ended up with uh, Miz and uh, Barrett, and Jericho went to a few with Fondango. So I'm not really sure where they're going here. Uh, I could see Big E being involved in it somehow, but I wouldn't be surprised if next week they just completely ignore the fact that the Intercontinental title was ever involved in the feud. Well, last year was much worse because they completely forgot they had an IC title champion or they had an Intercontinental championship to begin with because Wade Barrett was losing constantly at this time last year. He was booked terribly as IC champion. And then he won it back shortly after WrestleMania, so that was a complete waste of his time for like the six months uh, the first six months of 2013. But having said that, though, I really hope that the IC title match this year at WrestleMania, granted it was defended last year at WrestleMania, and I think the year before that, yeah, with Cody Rhodes and Big Show. Um, so for one thing, it's a plus that we might get an IC title match at WrestleMania. The bigger plus is getting Cesaro on the card. Because it's funny, because a lot of people predicted that last year we would get uh, we would get Cesaro versus Swagger for the United States Championship because Cesaro was the U.S. champion at the time, Swagger was going to come back, and a lot of people thought he would come back as a face. So it's funny that we might be getting it one year later. But having said that, though, Cesaro had a great showing inside the chamber on Sunday night. Um, He has a very bright future. This is the same guy that beat the World Heavyweight Champion just a few short weeks ago on SmackDown. He beat Randy Orton clean. So that being said, I think he really needs a solid spot on the WrestleMania card this year and not a throwaway match on the pre-show or any garbage like that. He needs a solid, firm position on the card this year, um, either against Big E or Swagger. A triple threat could be great. Swagger, I honestly don't really care about all that much. I mean, last year he was in a world title match. Um, It's just crazy to see how far he's fallen since then. But um, even still, Big E deserves to be at WrestleMania. He's had a great run with the IC title over the last few months. So um, putting him in a triple threat match, I think it would be the best for both guys. So hopefully we do see that come to fruition at WrestleMania. But before we get any further, we can't continue this conversation without mentioning the return of this man this past week on Monday Night Raw. Hogan is back, Jack, this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw. Hulk Hogan, finally, he finally, and not to quote The Rock or anything here, Hulk Hogan is finally back home. Hulkamania is running wild, folks. He is back home to host WrestleMania 30 this year, and what a better guy to host WrestleMania than the guy that was involved in the main event of WrestleMania 1 30 years ago. Um, there's the obvious discussion about people loving Hogan in WWE and hating him in TNA, The obvious difference is, 
Let's get this straight for a second. Hogan on Monday Night Raw last night was out there for five minutes, and even JR said this. I tweeted this during the show. JR said the same thing in his blog today about how Hogan was more over in five minutes than he was in four years in TNA. And he got good reactions in TNA. Don't get me wrong. That's not a knock on TNA or anything. But just the fact that he got a massive reaction last night after seven years away from the WWE. And he was that was the only segment that he had on the show, which I think is great. No one interrupted. He did what he had to do. He hyped the network. He hyped WrestleMania. He greeted back the fans. And he left. He didn't overshadow anyone else. He didn't quote-unquote bury anybody. He's a nice nostalgia act to have back for WrestleMania and even pass out maybe in Legends deal or something like we get Ric Flair from time to time now. I think it's great that he's in WWE. In TNA, I thought it was great when he first arrived there. A lot of people thought he would do the company good. He didn't do anything at all. I think it was a complete waste of his time, our time, and TNA's time to bring him in. Um, There were a few things here and there that he did right, but overall, him and Bischoff, I don't want to say they ruined TNA, but they practically did ruin TNA. They didn't do a lot to help them, and they're in a much worse shape now than they were four years ago. So that being said, though, Hulk Hogan finally left in uh, October. I remember talking about this in the first episode of this show in October about how Hulk Hogan might be coming to WWE. It's finally come to fruition. Caleb, your thoughts on Hulkamania running wild in WWE once again? I was really psyched about it. Uh, now, of course, uh, you know, I was happy to see him at TNA when he first showed up, like, you know, a lot of people were. And I was like, man, TNA is really going to be able to head, go ahead and head to WWE. Then they moved to Monday nights, and Hulk Hogan just really kind of being there and messed things up. He had, like, five seconds of the show, and he would take up so much time, like, for almost, you know, four years, basically. And then it was great to finally just see him on Raw. It was great to hear Real American playing again. Yes, uh, I mean, I yes. like seeing theme, but, God, Real American, you can't. Go, I mean, with Hogan, besides maybe the NWO theme, he's never had a better theme than Real American. It's just fantastic. And, you know, he just I started off the show. He had a small, like, he only talked for, you know, about five minutes. He never, like he said, did what he needed to do. Uh, he, didn't, he, he didn't see him backstage again. You didn't see him randomly come out or anything to attack someone or some. That would have been awful if he had attacked someone. <laughs> uh, but, it was, it, I mean, just. He was just there. He was just there for five minutes. It was. It felt like an appearance. When he was in TNA, he felt like he was just the entire show. It was like, oh, here comes, what's Hulk Hogan going to do next? Oh, he doesn't like Bully Ray. Yep. Oh, Brooks Legs. All that nonsense. <laughs> and then now, it's just like he was just talking. He just said, I'm going to host WrestleMania, and that was it. And I thought it was great. Yeah, Dixie Carter has seemed to take over that role now of uh, of taking over TNA and appearing in every single segment, which I think is even worse now that I think back on it. But yeah, like you said, he's a nostalgia act. He's back for WrestleMania. Um, it's perfect because, like I said before, he was involved in the WrestleMania 1 event. But like you said, though, couldn't agree more. Real American, just a fantastic entrance theme. I think the favorite of mine of all time, I think my favorite entrance theme of all time has to be Real American. And having started watching wrestling in April of 2008, Hogan left the WWE or made his last appearance in the WWE. In December of twenty of two thousand and seven, so I had yet to see Hulk Hogan or hear his theme on WWE TV. And no, I don't count that time when the Three Stooges were on Raw and they had someone dress up as him and come out, and that was ridiculous. I thought that was a complete waste of time. But um, even still, though, it's great to hear Real American on WWE TV, TV once again. Um, I'm not exactly sure when he will be back on Raw, whether it's next week, next month, which is only a few days away anyway. But um, we have a few more Raws until WrestleMania, I think maybe four or five. 
So I'm not exactly sure what his role will be going into WrestleMania because obviously Rock going into WrestleMania 27, which he hosted, he had a program going with The Miz and John Cena. But that was building to a match. And I think we can all agree here that Hulk Hogan should not be wrestling in WWE or ever again. Um, I'm a huge Hulkamaniac, but Hulk Hogan, and given the shape that he's currently in, and I think obviously, just to go on a side note here, I think he looked better last night than he did during his TNA run because he looked like he was having some trouble getting down to the ring or or whatever during his TNA run um, just a few short months ago, back in October. If you can go back and watch it, he didn't look all that great. So he appears to be in great shape now that he's in WWE. Maybe he did some working out because I know he was at the Performance Center not too long ago. So that was very cool to see. But um, he should not be wrestling at all. There is no doubt about that. Uh, maybe in the corner of somebody at WrestleMania. I know we've talked about that before. So I look forward to what his role will be at WrestleMania this year. I very much look forward to it. But um, he wasn't the only superstar to return last night on Monday Night Raw. That was at the start of Raw. Then at the end of Raw, as I played in the pre-show audio clip, The Undertaker has returned to the WWE in an apparent program with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar came out, a table and contract and all, saying that he was issuing an open challenge for WrestleMania. Since the authority did not grant him his desired match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. So at least they addressed that. I was afraid that they would completely forget about that after Lesnar said he wanted to go or contend for the WWE title a couple of months ago. So I'm glad they addressed that. So he said that he wouldn't be getting that, and then he gets to pick his opponent for WrestleMania. Cue The Undertaker to a loud pop from the Green Bay fans. He comes out. And he signs a contract, or Lesnar signs a contract before Undertaker can sign. He stabs the hand of Brock Lesnar, which I didn't see coming. I thought that was pretty cool. And then he gives a chokeslam to Lesnar through the table. And that is that. The Undertaker ends the show looking like uh, circa 1999 Ministry of Darkness or 1997 or whatever the hell it was. But um, a great way to close the show. We were talking earlier on in the show, Caleb, or before the show went live, about how the ending and closing or the ending and starting segments of these shows of, of last night's raw were the strong points and i couldn't agree more so your thoughts on the undertaker's return to wwe last night on raw well there are two things i can take out of undertaker's return and that's one i've never marked out so hard for facial hair i don't know what the deal was with me and fight. <laughs> i don't know maybe because i'm such a huge mark for ministry darkness taker something but it was crazy and then, um I mean, this is the first time we've seen someone get, you know, stabbed with a pin in WWE since, like, Vince and Hogan's contract signing back in 2003. Mm-hmm. That was great and random and non-PG. I was, I was, I would never expect someone to get stabbed in the hand with a pin in, in the, uh, current PG environment. So it was great and different. And it felt different. It didn't feel like just, like, oh, we've seen so many contract signings the last few years. It's just the same thing and they talk and they fight and then it's, oh, maybe something a little different will happen. And then finally, you're like, oh, someone got stabbed in the hand with a pen, and granted, it did turn into a brawl like most contract signings do. But it was just great. It felt so unique and different. Even though we've seen Undertaker in Lesnar Feud before, we've seen Undertaker return many times before. It just, it, something about it, it just felt fresh. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just him being stabbed in the hand with a pen, but it just <laughs> felt great. And I'm just really looking. And even though I do worry for Undertaker's health at WrestleMania because Brock Lesnar could definitely hurt him on accident. But, but nonetheless, I'm actually really looking forward to this match now. That was one of my gripes going into this matchup. And you just said it yourself. These two have feuded before, albeit 10 years ago. I mean, that was in, what, 02, 03? So it was a long time ago. But um, And another gripe of mine going into this match at WrestleMania was the fact that Lesnar's 
physical style was too much for Taker to handle, and Undertaker would ultimately break a hip during the matchup. But you know what? And I know a lot of people, myself included, wanted to see Taker versus Cena at WrestleMania or something a little more fresh. But you know what? As it goes for the rest of the WrestleMania card, um, as it goes for the rest of the card, and with the exception of Batista Orton, which I'll get to in a minute, um, you just got to make the most of it. Um, we're not going to get Cena versus Taker. That was pretty apparent up to a couple months ago. Taker even said last year there were reports going around that he'd be facing Lesnar at this year's WrestleMania. So, you know what? You just make the most of it. There could be far worse people that he could be facing right now. He could be facing Triple H for the millionth time. He could be facing Randy Orton again. Um, I just like the fact that someone new at WrestleMania and Brock Lesnar, unlike last year, is being booked dominantly going into WrestleMania. Because um, remember, he defeated, or I mean with the exception of last night, but I'll get to that in a second. Because he defeated Triple H at Extreme Rules, defeated CM Punk at SummerSlam, and then decimated the Big Show at the Royal Rumble. So he's 3-0 and so far in the last year in terms of pay-per-view. I mean, he lost to... Uh, Triple H last year at WrestleMania, but disregarding that in his last three matches, he is 3-0. and So, And I, I think it's okay that Taker beat him up last night because a lot of people were expecting Lesnar to just come out, beat Taker up, and end the show that way, which would have been fine too, but I thought it was a nice change of pace for Undertaker to come out and get the better of Lesnar, and with that awesome pen-stabbing spot, um, it's just a small stuff like that that can just make a segment memorable, and it definitely did. The crowd loved it. We loved it. The new look, the Undertaker is always adapting his image, so it's great to see him um, changing up his look with the goatee and the. Uh, he's had the mohawk for a couple of years now, but he's you know sporting some gray hair now on his head, and he uh, he obviously looks a lot older, but um, he's looking more badass by the day. So that's it's pretty cool to see him. In, uh, in rare form this past Monday night on Raw in a great segment with Brock Lesnar. But um, aside from that, though, I thought also this overall episode of Raw, I thought it was pretty good. Not only these two segments were the highlights of the show, but we also had Daniel Bryan versus Kane, and Daniel Bryan went over. And also earlier on in the evening, we had a rematch from Elimination Chamber between Batista and Alberto Del Rio. The match itself was meh at best. Um, obviously, because Batista hasn't wrestled in four years. Um, he's gotten better since Rumble. I'll give him that. He looks to be in better shape. But you know his in-ring skills still definitely need some work. And they made the most of the match. It was a few minutes. It was relatively painless. Um, Del Rio gave Batista his first loss since returning, um, following interference or distraction from Randy Orton on the stage. And the reason why I mentioned this segment is because it's the first time since Batista came back that it's been acknowledged that that his boos have been acknowledged for the first time since the Rumble. Orton came out and said that everyone hates him, and they were booing him too, of course, which was pretty funny, but it was just very interesting to hear Orton actually acknowledge the boos. And it wasn't even him too. It was also the commentators during the matchup and during his entrance. And Batista got on the mic and said, if they boo me, I'll boo them back. And apparently Batista's supposed to be at the SmackDown tapings tonight. It might have already happened. I don't know. I don't read spoilers. I'm finding out till Friday. I'm waiting till find. I'm, I'm waiting till Friday to find out, but um, it's being hyped for SmackDown that Batista will speak his mind on the WWE universe. I find it hard to believe they do a heel turn on SmackDown of all places, and I would hate to see him come out, cut a quote unquote heartwarming promo, how he loves everybody, start crying, and then pipe in the cheers because it's SmackDown after all. But even still, though, I thought that was very interesting, and the rumors of Batista turning heel have definitely. Uh, 
have definitely become much more frequent in the last few days because a lot of people just can't see Batista lasting long as a fan favorite or a face, I should say, because he's not a fan favorite at the moment. So, Caleb, your thoughts on Batista in general since the Rumble and the reactions he's been getting, and if you see a heel turn in his future. Uh, no, I, of course, am one of the few people who I don't have an issue with Batista. I've been a fan of Batista since I started watching. I have nothing against him now. Uh, if he did a little more cardio, uh, I think he'd be a little better in the ring because he'd look some winded. But as far as since the Rumble, I mean, the Rumble is something he had met. Like, I mean, he, they said, hey, want to come back? Uh, we're going to let you win the Rumble and everything. And he was like, okay. But he did what he was supposed to do. He, it's not like he would just go out there and say, you know what, no, I'm going to, like, let Roman Reigns win, or, you know, and I'm going to eliminate myself and go, you know, or something stupid like that. And he's not going to do a shoot or some stupid thing, so he won't win the Rumble. Why wouldn't he want to, you know, if they're saying, hey, we're going to let you win the Rumble, mm-hmm. then he's going to win the Rumble. I mean, and I understand the fans have said, you know, about Daniel Bryan. And I think, you know, but he's, I, mean, I get the booze, I, I do, but it's kind of just, like, I, I don't get why. Like, he, I mean, everyone, like the same people that were excited, he's coming back. Uh, you know, are all of a sudden against them, and it's, it, it, it's not in his control. I mean, I he, and as far as the heel turn, he's the most overheel in the company. You know, most hated heel, despite the fact that he's a face. So a heel turn only makes sense. He has one of the biggest heel reactions. You know, just a chorus of boom. It's just, I mean, yeah, to definitely turn him heel. But the only issue there is then you have a heel versus heel match headlining WrestleMania for the world title. And then that can lead, I don't know, I, just, I don't see how they can really do it without adding someone like Brian and making a triple threat match. Uh, it's, just, it's really confusing. Just out of every storyline right now, Batista is the most confusing storyline. I have no idea where they're going with this, with acknowledging the booze. Uh, pro- I mean, if they don't start, they're probably going to try to get the fans to start liking him again. I have no idea how they're going to do that. But I, I just don't know. I'm just very confused with the whole Batista thing. As confusing as it is, it's also intriguing. Like you said, I'm on the same boat as you. I have no problem with Batista at all. I very much like Batista. I've been a fan of his for a couple years now. Um, actually, right before he left. Not during the heel turn either. Like be- Right before he turned heel, I started to become a, a, fam- a fan of his. And his heel turn, his heel run in 2010 was tremendous. And, and a lot of people thought he would be coming back as that character. And obviously he didn't. He would come back to that pop. And he did in that Raw on January 20th a month ago. And since then, it's just been all downhill from there. And I, I don't like, I don't not like Batista, if that makes any sense. Uh, I'm a fan of Batista, like I said before. I just don't like the idea of him being at WrestleMania. And it's basically a, it's a foregone conclusion that Brian should be in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. He's the most over guy in the company. And it's not just amongst the IWC or the internet or the ROH fans that's stupid. That's stupid to even say because this, peop- this, this guy, Daniel Bryan, is getting massive reactions wherever he goes. Not only in Chicago, where they will be no, next week, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, New York and Los Angeles and wherever else. He's getting massive reactions everywhere. This guy is the most over guy in the company. And not putting him in the main event of WrestleMania is just asinine. And then putting Batista in there a guy who hasn't been seen in a couple years, just back in the main event of WrestleMania, and the main difference between him and maybe a guy like The Rock, who has gone longer, and um, I I don't know. I just think it's a fact that him versus Orton, unlike Rock and Cena, it just hadn't been done before. It wasn't... It was fresh. It was something we've never seen before. Batista and Orton is a match we've seen God knows how many times over the last 
10 years or so since Evolution. I know they feuded in 08 for a while, and I said this yesterday on Twitter, but it's interesting because Orton and Batista were able, were going to face off, I think, um, you know, I'm trying to jog my memory here, five years ago at WrestleMania 25, another huge anniversary, and I was actually looking forward to that matchup because Batista had a reason to go after Randy Orton because it all made sense. Orton injured Batista, and Batista was going to come back. He didn't end up coming back until the night after WrestleMania. But um, I don't know. I just, I'm like you, I'm also very intrigued and confused, if only because I don't think they can get to Mania. I don't know if they, they're stupid enough to do this match at Mania without thinking, without, you know, thinking, oh, you know, this, this match is going to go off without a hitch. I mean, people are going to crap all over this thing at WrestleMania. They have to realize that. So like you said, they need to make, I, I don't know, they need to add somebody. They need to make it a triple threat. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. And a double turn is not the answer. Randy Orton should not turn face anytime soon, if ever again. And Batista just needs to turn heel. So, I don't know. If you see it becoming a triple threat, Caleb, who would you like to see added? If if not Daniel Bryan, who would you like to see added to the match to make it a triple threat? It's one of those things where the only guy who would be in the logical sense to add to this match is Sam Punk, and that's not going to happen. So I really don't know who it would be. It's just, I've seen people say Roman Reigns, but I don't think he's ready to be made eventually in WrestleMania just yet. Maybe next year, but now, no. Uh, it's just really confusing. I don't know, like, they don't have a, another top, you know, Cena is busy with Bray Wyatt, and like, basically all the guys I can think of are all either in feuds, and then the big one who I could see besides Brian is no longer in the company. So it's just really... I'm just, I have no idea. I have no, they booked themselves, themselves into a corner with this one. I have no idea. You mentioned uh, CM Punk, which is very interesting, of course, because they will be in Chicago on March 3rd, this upcoming Monday night on Raw. Very much looking forward to that. If CM Punk isn't there, and he obviously won't be, I don't think he will be. Um, imagine the pop, though, if he came through the crowd or if he came out and interrupted somebody or something along those lines and he re-signed with the company or whatever and he got back for that Raw. And WWE right now is just making this one massive work and just pulling the wool over all of our eyes, I would be ecstatic. But I just honestly, realistically, don't think that's the case. So um, that being said, though, what they do with this match, I don't really know. They have quite a few weeks until WrestleMania, so hopefully they come up with a solution before then. But you mentioned Roman Reigns and the Shield and the Wyatt family. They had a tremendous six-man tag team match at Elimination Chamber. By far one of the best matches I've seen in quite some time. And easily one of the best matches of 2014 up to this point. And that's a little premature to say because it's only February. We're only a month and a half in into the new year. But, you know, even said that, even said that though, um, it, it was continued on the next night on Raw. I thought it would be a one-and-done deal. Apparently not because Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt had a solid singles match the next night on Raw. Roman Reigns lost the match via disqualification after Dean Ambrose interfered. And the teasing tension continues between the members of The Shield and Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. And uh, with all that being said, though, Caleb, what do you see happening at WrestleMania with the Shield? What do you see happening with this feud between the Wyatt family and the Shield going forward? One thing I could possibly see happening is, I mean, because it looks like we're getting Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. So I'm not. I mean, I don't know what Harper and Rowan would do. Some, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get another Shield and Wyatt family match probably next Monday on Raw. Uh, and on, I, after that, I just kind of see the feud ending because. 
I honestly just think that the Shield, whether you're going to get Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania for the U.S. title, it'll be a triple threat between all three for the U.S. title. I mean, it's just one of, another one of those things that, like, if Cena actually did get hurt on Monday whenever it looked like his leg was a little messed up, then I could definitely see them having an actual, you know, another Shield and Wyatt match. But, I mean, if Cena's fine, then Cena be going Bray Wyatt and John Cena, so I'm not really sure. Uh, I just, I, I just honestly think that we're going to get the blow off of the feud next Monday on Raw. And then we end up with the shield and a triple threat. And then I'm not like I have no idea what Harper and Rome do if they really even need to do anything. But then of course Bray Wyatt really jumps in. Well, as far as the shield split goes, I'm very intrigued to see where that goes. Roman Reigns, I've said it time and time again. Obviously, it's it's a no brainer that Roman Reigns has massive potential as a breakout babyface. So I look forward to the moment that he finally turns on his on his teammates, or at least Dean Ambrose. And I hope that comes next week in Chicago because the reaction that could receive could be massive. So having said that, though, and um, where else, too? No, no, I was thinking maybe Ambrose should drop the title next week but in, in the same place that he won it, but he won it, in, he won it at Extreme Rules, not in Chicago at Payback. But um, even still, though, uh, I'm very much looking forward to what they do with the Shield. I don't think they could do Reigns versus Ambrose in a singles match at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins should not be left out, like you said. Just go with the legacy route, do a triple threat between the three for the U.S. title, WrestleMania. The U.S. title doesn't mean jack squat right now, but just give it a boost. And I said this last year, but the U.S. championship hasn't been defended at WrestleMania since WrestleMania 23. Um, I think it was seven years ago between Benoit and MVP. So it's been quite a while since we've gotten a U.S. title match at WrestleMania. I hope this is the year that that happens. I look forward to it. Should be a very good matchup between all three of those guys. You also mentioned John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. That also looks like a foregone conclusion for WrestleMania, Cena versus Wyatt. The, as far as the injury angle goes to John Cena, I don't think that's legitimate. Um, I think it was confirmed after the show. Because I, I read reports that they were actually putting in the stretcher near the arena or, or near the ring before the segment even began. So they knew that it was going to happen. So I don't think Cena's actually injured. They were just kind of, he just did a tremendous job of selling it. But um, hopefully they put heat on the Wyatts for doing that. But even still, though, what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt versus John Cena happening at WrestleMania? I know a lot of people want to see Cena versus Taker and the Wyatts versus the Shield at WrestleMania instead of having it at Elimination Chamber. So what are your thoughts on having Wyatt versus Cena at WrestleMania? I'm not against this. Uh, I mean, part of me just kind of thinks, like, I have no idea if it's going to be a good match. Uh, I've never, you know, of course, like, Bray Wyatt's had match tonight two pay-per-views in a row. And it's just a big question of whether or not this match would be good, if it's going to be WrestleMania-worthy. I think it could be because they're both, you know, very talented guys. And I think it could end up being a great match. My only issue with this match is, it worries me that they're going to have Cena win, and right, if you want to get Bray Wyatt even more over than he already is, like, he's got to win, and I honestly don't see that happening, and that's the only thing that worries me about this match. Yep. So, but other than that, I have no issue with it. I'm very intrigued by it. They've got some interesting, you know, both got very interesting and great styles, and I think it could be pretty solid. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Look, It looks like it could be a very good match. Um, say what you will about Cena's in-ring ability, because I know a lot of people crap all over it. But uh, the match itself could be very, very good. Bray Wyatt has been consistently featured in some of the best matches of the pay-per-view for the last number of months at Royal Rumble and uh, this past week at Elimination Chamber. So the match itself could be very good. The feud so far has been well-built. The Wyatt family, like you said, got the best of Cena at Royal Rumble. 
than again at Elimination Chamber. So I, too, am very fearful that Cena will go over. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, he'll look strong in defeat. He'll look better in defeat than he will if he won. This is WrestleMania. This It's not like it's any other B pay-per-view. People will remember this moment. Even if Bray Wyatt was to defeat Cena the next night on Raw or end his career or whatever, defeat him at Extreme Rules, people won't remember that. People will remember, look back at WrestleMania and see who beat who and not who looks strong in defeat or any of that garbage. So Bray Wyatt has to go over here. He's a fresher act, and I surely hope he does because I mentioned the whole winds of change thing blowing before, like uh, you know what Ray, Wade Barrett said a couple years ago. But John Cena cut a similar promo a couple weeks ago on Raw, and like I said before, he'd be hypocritical not to put over Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I don't think it would damage the group. I don't think it would ruin the Wyatt family if he was to lose at WrestleMania. But he must win. I also look forward to his live entrance, too, because I know it was rumored that the singer, the artist of his entrance music, will perform the theme live at WrestleMania, which could be absolutely awesome. So I look forward to that. But yeah, Bray Wyatt should win at WrestleMania. Aside from that, I'm good. I'm fine with this matchup because it's the first time in a long, 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 long time that I don't. I think ever, actually. No, actually, maybe for the first time since WrestleMania 20 that John Cena is, A, not in the main event, hopefully, and B, not in a championship match. Actually, WrestleMania 20 was in a U.S. title match, so yeah, the first time in his career that he'd be in a technical undercard match. So I look forward to it. It's a great spot for Bray Wyatt. Do I think it's too soon? A little bit, but after seeing him put on some amazing matches at Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber, I think he can handle it. And you mentioned before, Caleb, about how what they do with uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper um, we'll segue right into the tag team title picture at Elimination Chamber. The New Age Outlaws defeated the Usos to retain the tag team titles. Um, the Usos went over the New Age Outlaws in a matter of seconds the next night on Raw. So it looks like the Usos, hopefully they don't capture the titles on Raw. I want to see it happen at WrestleMania. It's a huge stage. It must happen on the grandest stage of them all. It would mean more. It would be more memorable. And so I hope it happens at WrestleMania. If anything, they need to win the titles for one thing. The New Age Outlaws won't be champions forever. I don't hate them as champions. Um, I think it's good that they're champions because they'll put over whoever they eventually lose the titles to. So I see Usos versus the New Age Outlaws, maybe versus the Road Brothers. And maybe you put Harper and Rowan in that fourth spot for a fatal four-way tag team title match at WrestleMania. Um, like an old classic Fatal 4-Way Tag Team title match at WrestleMania that we haven't seen in years. I know they used to have some a couple years ago, you know, like at WrestleMania 2000 or wherever else um, a couple years before that. So your thoughts on the tag team title picture and what they might do with the tag team titles at WrestleMania? I honestly think, you know, like what you said, I think we're going to get a Fatal 4-Way Tag. Uh, definitely, honestly, I think it's going to end up being New Age Outlaws, Usos, Wyatt, and uh, probably the Rose Brothers or... Bryback, probably the Rose Brothers if they don't end up having a match, which that makes me sad if they won't have a match. But yep, same nonetheless, here, yeah. I can definitely see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably going to be them. They're especially since they just beat Bryback. And then you know, I definitely see the Usos winning the titles there uh, because the New Age Outlaws. It was obvious the second they won them that you know, like you said, they aren't going to keep them forever. Uh, they're both in their mid to late forties, and um, you know, they're just transition champions, so they're going to hold them for about you know, well, by WrestleMania time, it'll be like I believe not a little under three months. And so, see, I definitely, I don't see any reason that was holding them past WrestleMania. If they went into WrestleMania and retained the titles, I would be very shocked. Is, I don't see, is this, there's no doubt in my mind that Usos are winning the titles at WrestleMania 30. They need to. I don't think they should put the titles on them beforehand. I mean, it would make for a cool moment on Raw, don't get me wrong. 
I just think it would mean more if they did it at WrestleMania. That's why I was actually happy that the New Age Outlaws retained at WrestleMania instead of the Usos winning. So one quick question before we go off the air. We only have a few short minutes left. But a uh, quick question. Christian turned heel a few weeks ago. He's apparently feuding with Sheamus now after a great showing in the chamber. Do you see Christian finally getting his, you know, no pun intended, one more match at WrestleMania, a singles match at Mania, um, before he retires, presumably later this year? I definitely see that they're going in some direction with Christian, and it makes me happy because I'm a huge Christian fan. Uh, I think Hugh Christian is the best Christian there is. You know, he's, uh, he's amazing as a heel. I mean, he's great as a face, don't get me wrong, but his heel work is arguably the best in WWE and in TNA. So I, I really do think that Christian's going to be in some program at WrestleMania. It looks like Sheamus, possibly, despite the fact that they've already had like two or three matches on television last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, just really who knows, uh, at this point, I mean, they could end up maybe putting in their matches bigger, that's the only other person I could think of. But I definitely think they have some sort of plan with Christian, whether it's actually at WrestleMania or in the pre-show. I would hope it's not on the pre-show. I'd be fine if it was on the pre-show, as long as he's getting a match at all. You know what I mean? As long as he gets, yeah. if it's a tag team match, whatever. But I mean, as long as he gets on the WrestleMania card, because he wasn't, he was injured last year. WrestleMania 28 injured, and the funny thing about WrestleMania 28, you probably remember this, he was attacked by CM Punk days before the show, and he was taken out of that match, that multi-man match at WrestleMania. I was so was pissed so that random. year. What was that? It was so random. That really irritated <laughs> Yeah, I think he was still injured. They just, I don't know, they didn't realize that that was stupid. Then he was in the corner of Edge at... uh. At 27, he didn't wrestle. And then he was in the Money in the Bank match at 26, and he was forgotten about. Same thing with 25. So hopefully he gets a singles match this year at WrestleMania. As a Pete for life, I really hope he does. But on that note, though, we will close out WrestleRant Radio. It's been a great show. Lots to talk about. Some stuff we didn't even get to, but we covered all the main topics. Um, Been great talking to you, Caleb. But, of course, before we go off the air, feel free to plug your Twitter, Facebook, your show, and anywhere else where the fans can find you. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at the Austin Clark, and you can follow my show CNC Review Twitter at EV Radio. Uh, also, you can subscribe to our uh, new YouTube channel, which is EVT or uh, YouTube.com forward slash EVTV Productions, and which is great. You're going to get a lot of great content. Uh, you're going to get CNC reviews, Mac and Kyle reviews, and then of course you're going to get my single shows that are just really random, just you know top ten like movies, you know random stuff like that. Uh, Full season reviews for shows, uh, random movie reviews that I just randomly see to see. There's lots of just consistent, great content, and uh, we're going to be, you know, I believe Nine College reviews will sometime later this week. Uh, that'll be the first edition, and then of course you can get CNC reviews tomorrow in our last show on Block Talk Radio, uh, which is at uh, eight seven Central, and it's just going to be great. We're going to talk about lots of great stuff, and that's it. All my plug. Fantastic, and of course you guys can follow me on Twitter. At WrestleRant, you can find me on Facebook, like my official Facebook page, at Graham GSM Matthews. You can also check out nextairawrestling.weebly.com for every archived episode of this show. Listen to exclusive excerpts of this show and much, much more over on my YouTube page. Same thing, Graham GSM Matthews on Bleacher Report as well. This show airs every Tuesday night live at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, right here on EC Radio. But, of course, you can check out the archived podcast version over at my website, as I said before. Next week, March 4th, one day removed from the controversial Raw in Chicago. We're going to be talking about all that and much more on the road to WrestleMania. 
But, however, at the start of the show, we will be doing an exclusive interview with Northeast Wrestling Star, or New England Championship Wrestling Star, excuse me, and the current NECW Heavyweight Champion, Slick Wagner Brown, next Tuesday night, 9 Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. So with all that being said, guys, thanks for listening live, and until next time, this is GSM, signing out.